Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spoiler warning. If you've not seen 2008's The Happening um, and you uh, don't know what happens in The Happening and you don't want to spoiler, then... uh, You've been warned. Also, trigger warning. Yeah. Because this film very insensitively deals with certain things. So uh, themes, topics of uh, suicide, anything like that, don't listen to this. There there is a content warning and a spoiler warning. Also, um, weird M. Night Shyamalan dip in his career warning. (laughs) If if you're not a fan of that period of Shyamalan's career, you've been warned. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast. Peace. I hate the word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast that each week Zach and myself continue to watch something that the underrated character actor John Leguizamo has been in movie, TV show, music video, whatever. We'll watch it and we chat about it for your listening pleasure. Mm. Um, as you probably know at this point, my name is Mish Wittrup, one of the hosts. You might know me from such things as in 2008. Oh, this is good. I worked full-time in retail. Yeah. Now at 33 years of age, I work part-time in retail. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really, really like... Looking up in the world. And I'm also joined by my very good friend, Zachary Thomas Ruane, who you might know from. Uh, in 2005 uh, and 2010 to 2015, working in a cinema. Uh, and now working at a cinema uh, once a month, presenting a movie. Um, less for the money, more so I can stand at the candy bar like a crazy person and be like, oh, you're still cleaning popcorn machines like like, like you used to. <laughs> and they go, yes. <laughs> uh, and today we're very, very lucky that we are joined by comedian extraordinaire Luke. Oh, wow. I yeah, like that's this. good. Luke McGregor, who we forced to watch an M. Night Shyamalan film. Hi, Luke. Hi. Um yeah, it was it was not a good movie. No, <laughs> it was terrible. No, um, not. <laughs> in two thousand and eight, I was working at Domino's Pizza. Were Ooh. you? Yeah, I, I later got a job at the cinema, but it was after the happening happened. Um, Where, what cinema did you work at, Luke? I worked at Village Cinema Hobart. That's amazing. <gasps> I worked yeah. at a Village Cinemas Jam Factory and Village Cinemas. Uh, Latrobe Valley, Morwell. Luke, I have a fun fact for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. Um, I watched Jumanji in 1995 five times at Village Cinema Hobart. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, there you go. But yeah, they, they still talk about it when I was in there. Um, <laughs> it was this crazy <laughs> girl. That, they that time, that, 
that spherical eight-year-old yeah. <laughs> came in <laughs> every fucking every the... fucking fortnight to watch Jumanji. That's a great yeah. cinema, the the Hobart Village. There's Lovely. The, there's still a little time zone there. They've they've gotten rid of all the little games rooms at most cinemas, but not the Hobart one. It's still there. Mm, it kicks on. Did you ever catch someone having sex in the cinema, Jack? Yeah. No, no, I I didn't. Um, although one time um, I did catch, uh, I I I saw like someone did a bit of a poo and it didn't make it into the bowl, and I had to clean. <laughs> well, back in two, back in two thousand and eight, when I worked in retail at High Point Shopping Centre, a mm. customer did a shit in a change room, and I had to clean it up. Yeah, that's some good stuff. <laughs> Toilets. <laughs> toilets were a lot smaller back then. It was much harder to aim. Not like the. the it was the so delicately placed. <laughs> yeah. It was really the, It's really like a sniper. You had to be really highly skilled. Oh what, my lord! What percentage of people? So I want a percentage here. Mm. What percentage of people do you think have had either their first, first, second, or third kiss in a cinema? In, in, like in this circle of... Not uh, out of the three of us. I mean, of out of like... The, out of, of the th- within seven a, people listening. Within, Aust- yes, within Australia, let's say. Uh, oh, well, I can only say that I definitely had one of my early kisses to to the film Babe. <gasps> not Babe, not Babe, because I was too young. Yeah, then. I was like, Jesus, um, you would be like babe, five. The Babe ripoff. What was the oh. Charlotte's Web. I know Babe is a ripoff of Charlotte's Web, but the 2000 and... Uh, six uh, remake of Charlotte's Web was in a way a loop around rip off of mm. uh, of um... my my first ever kiss was to the Mummy Returns at Northland Cinema, a popular topic here at Leguizamo. <laughs> I I never I've never kissed someone in a cinema. Um... Not but, even like a like a little kiss, like oh, oh that was a good movie I, life partner. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess if I was if you're counting like a when you've been there with a girlfriend or like yeah. a partner, then then yes. But I've never actually like been on a date at a cinema and then kissed. You've never had like a heavy okay. petting cinema session. So, but I did, off- I did I did catch small. I did catch some teenagers having sex when I worked at the cinema <gasps> during wow. a a Tim Allen movie. Do you want to guess which one? Um, oh. Shaggy Dog. No. The Santa Claus. Yes, the Santa Claus <gasps> 3. Uh, wow. There's something nothing, of Nick Frost. <laughs> nothing gives me the wood like Tim Allen in his late 40s. There is um, dressed up as Santa Claus. There yeah. is uh, I love I love the, I, I I there's a bit of a thing. So Luke, because this podcast is, you know, um uh, our crazed side project kind of situation, um we, I, I make our listeners just sit through some really boring shit. And one episode, I in depth described the layout of the cinema I used to work at, <laughs> like where every cinema was, so that then I would be able to use the shorthand I had, which was like which cinema the movie was in in its first week of release, to kind of give the impression of its size. And I want to ask when Shaggy Dog came out. What cinema do you think it was in? Um, you can try to maybe use your Hobart equivalents here, Luke. But at Morwell Village Cinemas, what cinema do you think Shaggy Dog starring Tim Allen where he becomes a shaggy dog? Um, <laughs> seven or eight. Well, seven's the biggest, eight's the smallest, Mitch. Eight, so eight, clearly eight. you're not thinking this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> clearly you didn't listen. Um, eight. Uh, you're, yep. 
I've got to go with three. Yeah, yeah, that's a man who knows his uh, village layouts right there. Well, no, here's the crazy thing. It was in uh, the first to convert to digital when Avatar came around, the big gun Cinema 7. Shaggy Dog went off in the Latrobe Valley. God, people couldn't get enough of that film. That was very successful. That's so it. That was, it was, that was, they threw the latest tech at it, basically. Well, Tim Allen becomes a shaggy dog and drives around in a convertible. And that That's was the, funny. That was the, that was the precursor. That was the, uh, that was the avatar of its day until Avatar came out. <laughs> I wonder if when Shaggy Dog came out, they were all, James Cameron was already working on Avatar. And I, he was like, he, oh, yeah, he saw it and he almost pulled the plug. He said, there's no point. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, well, what's the fucking point? And then he went on a bender for like two weeks. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. someone was like, dude, the movie sucks. It's Tim Allen, for God's sake. And then <laughs> yeah. he was like, all right, well, I'll keep making Avatar then. Yeah, he made Avatar and it did big business. Yeah. It was all very successful. Um, Luke, before we jump into talking about The Happening, which we're all very excited to do, we always like to ask new guests. Uh, as you're aware, we're hoping <laughs> that this podcast is about John Leguizamo, as I often forget to tell our guests that before they come on. Well, I, I asked Luke but to you do asked this, Luke. so we're, we're, we're in the clear. Great. Um, what's your relationship like with John Leguizamo? Uh, well, I, he's one of those actors that, you know, is I've always known from a young age. Mm. Mm. But I think the Mario film was the one that introduced me to him. Um, oh, great. fuck yeah. And then just seeing him sort of pop up and then... I just thought he was, I just thought the turn in John Wick, like he, he was the one who sort of made the it all work. Yeah. When he says, um, well, he, he, when he hits his son and says, I hit, when he, um, oh, like yeah, I've, watched, yeah. I've watched that, I've watched that YouTube clip multiple times where he yeah. goes, well, he, he, uh, he when he stole John Wick's caster and he killed his dog and the guy goes yeah. oh and hangs up and like I just love that scene so much. Well, that's the thing. It's like that's the most badass scene in a movie ever before the movie John Wick was made, yeah. and then John Wick is now a series of the most badass scenes ever. Up until yeah, up until yeah. that point, like yeah. in that film, yeah. that's the most badass thing that had ever happened in, in cinema. cinema. <laughs> it was then usurped by film <laughs> scenes later in that very like, film, like the underground club with all the tits. And the guns, but he yeah. had for about twenty minutes the 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 record of yeah. the coolest scene in cinema until <laughs> until later in that film. That's and so great that you know John Legs from John Wick, because yeah, so many I, people say, um, like I say, or say Moulin Rouge or whatever. John Wick, that's that's very that's Michelle Brazier of you. And, and, it's, and, it's that and Chef, I think, for me. Ah, oh, see, ah, um, oh, Chef. Yeah, Chef, that's... I think, was the film that cemented him in my heart. Like, I don't think this podcast, this podcast wouldn't exist without Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet and without Tu Wong Fu and without Mario Brothers. But it really, I don't think it would have, I don't think he would have locked in without Chef. He's so good in Chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just good. He's just really good. Like, he's just yeah. a solid, like, even in The Happening, it was mm. terrible, but he did make it feel real because he's a good actor. <laughs> it truly, I think we should just blurb, jump straight to it. Um, I'm going to, you're, you're connecting with us via Zoom, um, uh, Luke, so I just, I have to use the camera on that we're connecting to you with via Zoom. This is good stuff for our <laughs> listeners. 
<laughs> so, um, but I'll commentate. You find the. But way. I just want to ask, why don't Mission Zach have a commercial radio deal? Because. <laughs> They tell them off when they breathe too much, and here I am being like, "Now, Luke, I got, I've got to. It's not going to be a camera for a bit. I mean, and you, you can, know what? what? You can edit, edit this it. bit out. You don't oh, have to put it all on TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, I, I, I like the rules. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, we 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 feel that I, there's no excuse. I just can't be bothered. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> all right, um, here we go. Okay. This is our we we're gonna do a little blurb uh, for the listener about how uh, this movie works, and then we're going to um, just talk about it for a bit. Right, <laughs> go for it. Love Here it. we go. <clears throat> In New York City's Central Park, people people begin dying by mass suicide, initially believed to be caused by a bioterrorist attack using an airborne neurotoxin. The behavior quickly spreads across the northeastern United States. The film of The Happening follows a miscast Mark Wahlberg, here playing a Philadelphia science teacher, as he escapes New York with a miscast Zoe Deschanel, here playing anything other than a 2008 cute indie girl, as they escape the wind because plants are releasing the toxin that make people suicidal. John Leguizamo here plays a maths teacher. He is also miscast but does the best job at it. Very good. That's my blurb. I struggled with this blurb because the film, whilst very conventional and, uh, um, you know, very like it just follows a plot, is very hard to describe. Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's yeah. very hard to capture exactly what's going on in it's, this binfire. It's not a spoiler to say people just start committing suicide right off the bat. Like it's just one it's just <laughs> first thing that happens. <laughs> it's and so full on. What's what's and what's it was never really addressed to me is that there are a lot of people like the the first girl who kills herself stabs herself in the neck mm. with, with her hair hairpiece hair hairpin. But there's mm. other people in the park who I assume don't have an easy way to kill themselves. So what are they doing? Walking like, backwards. I, walking backwards, yeah. What um, was that? Straight into it. What the fuck was with the walking backwards? Oh, I no So before they all off themselves, they all walk backwards. Why? Yeah, yeah that's, I feel like that's... they could go and that wouldn't affect the film at all. <laughs> no, not at all. In fact, I think if they got rid of the walking backwards part of this film, this film would be an epic saga, wonderful film. It's it, the walking yeah, it, backwards it that really destroyed Oscar. it. Um, absolutely. <laughs> it's, um, it's one of those things, like, uh, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of significantly better films from the 60s, like The Birds and... Um, yeah. Uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers is one of my favourite horror films of all time. And um, it's like this double whammy of, A, oh, that type of film doesn't work anymore, and, B, this is not a very good example of that genre anyway. And then I was reading, I was like, I have to read about this movie. I have to understand what his intentions were because Mm. I don't know when it's meant to be funny. Mm. And then he, like, used that as an excuse. He was like, I was trying to do a B movie. And it's like, oh, you still failed, M. Night. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's kind of like when it, like it kicks straight into it. It's not a long film. No, I'm just I'm just like okay. This premise is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. Why? And I just couldn't work out why it wasn't working. It just. Yeah. But I it think... was it was so ridiculous. Like the guy who. 
slide down in front of a large lawnmower. <laughs> I don't, or the guy who had his arm pulled off by the lion. It was just. A, what about I, the woman who smashed her face through all her windows? Oh yeah, yeah. I could, but her, she was the one that I could handle the most because she was just like lost her mind and was smashing her head against something until she died. That like made sense in like a 28 days later kind of thing. The yeah. thing for me was a neurotoxin that had you still so sharply minded that you could operate a lawnmower, work out its direction and lay in front of oh, it. Like, yeah. that's... Or like or automate it to do exactly what you wanted to do. It was, uh, it was just... What, yeah, what cognitive str- functions have to go that that you can still do all of those things, but like commit to that? I mean, it's just it was almost it also just like it explained too much. I saw reviews that were like, "Oh, it does it leaves too many things unanswered," and it's like. I just, I think the opposite. They're just like, oh, it's a neurotoxin and it's these chemicals. And it's like, I think post-COVID, we know how long it takes for people to work that stuff out. And then just like on the news, they're like, we've done some autopsies and we know exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it was um, the the way, like they said, uh, oh, it turns off your... Um, what do you call it? Your self-protection mechanism or something? Yeah. Mm. But I'm like, that That would mean to me I, that they wouldn't fear death, but I don't see why they'd kill themselves. <laughs> like it actually made people suicidal. So if anything, I guess it made people super depressed or something or <laughs> does it turn off their pain receptors? Like I need, I actually wanted more explanation because I was, I was just like this. Yeah, it, gave, it got us like 20% of the way there. Like yeah, it was they like, gave us some of it, but it wasn't enough that made I just, sense. I know for a fact, like considering that we've all and are still currently living through this pandemic, I know for a fact that if this was real, mm. right, and we were in Philadelphia during this neurotoxin plant debacle, mm. I would be a conspiracy theorist and that fucks with me a little bit Like, because I wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and I would be asking those, well, well, does it turn off my pain receptors? What does it mean? Well, that's do you know what I mean? And that fucks with me because I don't, I'm not a conspiracy if theorist. If you turned on the news in real life and people were like, we've done some autopsies and we know that it's a suicide toxin, we just don't know who's releasing it, you'd be like, I don't believe that. That was too quick. Oh, I'd be, I'd, I'd be on Reddit and I'd read a thread where someone goes, well, my neighbour just ran themselves over with their own lawnmower. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a believer. It's, uh, I also just love, um, I, like, this was the era of every actor go, Every actor with a limited range goes through an era where they have a crack and this was Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> era of just having a crack at I have, I have a theory. I have a theory. Yeah. I think that Mark Wahlberg got this script was told that it was a parody film. Mm. He read it, went, this is a parody film, and then for some reason no one told him throughout the entire filming process that it's not a parody film. Because he plays it funny. Yeah. Like I don't – to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen a hell of a lot of Mark Wahlberg films, but surely, surely he isn't giving it a proper crack. Like when she comes out and she's like, you're planning on stealing something from my house. When the old bird comes out and it's like, you're planning on stealing something from my house, aren't you? And he goes, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, when he starts singing to the guy before the guy shoots them, he's just trying to sing a song to prove that he's not suicidal. <laughs> he's like, I'm not crazy. Listen, an old band blue guy, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> Like, it just like doing the craziest thing. It doesn't make any... And then when the guy said, don't open the door, you'll let the gas in, and then the guy opens the door and shoots the guy, it just doesn't, like... It's, just, it's, it's one of those movies where, like, I want to enjoy it as a piece of trash, but then there's just this, like, there's these moments of such severe, shocking violence that you're like, oh, I just don't think, like... I think I'm meant to be enjoying this as it's as, like for it to be a bit fun, mm. and then it's just features like children getting shot, and you're like, "Oh, that's a bit heavy." Oh, <laughs> this I hated is a bit it much. so much. It's so just, full like, on. This is just uh, when when uh, when John uh, Leguizamo got out of the car and just sat on the road, and then just found a bit of glass and started cutting his wrist. I'm just like, oh, it just I just couldn't. Like it, it, I, I thought it would, would have been interesting because he was a character that we knew, so maybe they could have explored someone trying to f- use their mind to fight against it, or see, or maybe heard a bit of his internal monologue or something. Or... Well, you you you've uh, you've been introduced to what we've been going through for the last year, Luke, which is just um, thinking you're going to get a fair bit of Johnny Legs, yeah. and then he just dies he somewhere either... in the yeah. second act. Yeah. He dies either in the first third or the second third of a film. We should right. really do we should do a um graph. <laughs> a graph of Johnny Legs. Of when he dies. Yeah, yeah like at what wrong. point? Like at what's what point? the average yeah. point where Johnny Legs dies? I don't want to do that, but someone listening might do it for us. You gotta stop asking fans to do stuff. They They're do going, shit. Yeah, I know. No, like honestly, I'm so close to asking them to go to the shops for me. Yeah, they will, and it's bad, Miss. You gotta stop. <laughs> She's gone sick with power. I'm like. so sick with the fame of it all. <laughs> it's 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 part of it corrupts, you know. <laughs> yeah, you had a choice. You had a choice, and you've chosen to ask people <laughs> to make graphs at the exact point that John Leguizamo well, no, dies. Because mm. let me tell you a story. Okay. For the last year. I have been sourcing the movies that we watch. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really difficult to find and you have to, go, like, when we watched Arabian Nights with Sam Peterson, mm. that took me hours to find and then hours to fucking watch. Mm. And it was so difficult. And then I just went, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask our listeners. They found it in like five minutes. So I'm just, I don't even have to try anymore. No, but someone else is trying and then. and then and Maybe they like to do it, No, Zach. they do. It is lovely. Thank you to everyone who's. <laughs> Sending us links to Big Balls, the funny or die sketch that John Leguizamo starred in <laughs> 10 years ago that for some reason went missing off the internet, we suspect because of his people. Um, <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Um, no, yeah, it was a pretty full-on movie, so sorry we made you watch it. Um, it also wasn't very good. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, I was curious because M. Night Shyamalan still had a bit of credit at that point, didn't he? Because he'd done Signs. Yes, this... that, was, that was pretty good. And then <laughs> I loved Unbreakable, reason... obviously The Sixth Sense. Correct me if I'm wrong, but generally speaking, Hollywood is incredibly forgiving of this man. Well, no, he. this was the end. This film was the end of his... No, because then he made that one called The Visitor or something. Well, no, so because I was reading... Like, again, this movie, usually, Luke, um, I don't really... I watch the movie in double time and then I do the podcast. But this film intrigued me so much. I was like, this film is so batshit insane. <laughs> Who gave him 50 million, 70 million, 100 million to make this film? Oof. What was his intention? What was he trying to do? Um, was it meant to be funny? Like the bit where like Mark Wahlberg's talking to a tree and he's like, hey, tree, don't kill me. <laughs> That's right. And it was plastic. I, I do and wonder, it- though, if it like reading that script, if it was quite intriguing as a script. Yes. And then maybe what? in the directing of it, it sort of went a bit sort of pantomime. But I well, feel like reading the script, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a cool premise. I think he said, I think he said he was like, he should have, it was meant to be a bit hokey. It was meant to be a bit B-movie and the issue is he didn't go all the way there. And I think that's kind of the problem. Well, yeah, I think if he went, he sh- like he should have gone full hokey. Yeah. Like if he went full hokey, I w- like to be honest with you, I was entertained by this film because it was so bad. Like mm. I think, like I'm hoping that was his point and I'm sure now he's claiming that that was his point. He was saying it before it came out. He was saying I wanted to make like a, a The Birds. But I think the issue is there's just these moments of, like, realism Mm. through it. There's these moments. He wanted to make The Blob. The Blob was his big example. But then there's just these moments of, like, 28 Days Later style, like, Mm. vicious, vicious, the worst of humanity. And it's like, oh, I think you've got to pick one of those things. Yeah. (laughs) You You can't be like, I made a hokey film, but I shot a 13-year-old in the head. (laughs) And I I killed both of these girls' parents. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. like, just like, yeah. I'm, and I'm just dealing with some heavy shit. Yeah. But hey, that's 2008, baby. That's that window of ten years where you could do anything. And, and well, that's what I liked about it is that it is someone sort of like really having a crack at something bonkers. <laughs> you know, you just don't see a lot of films like that. Like, even though I didn't like it, I was still mm. like, oh yeah, this is this. He's really reaching here. This is this is going. <laughs> yeah, to be, yeah, he's having yeah. a crack. Yeah, and, no, I, 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 I liked it. I like. I admired that. <laughs> I, I'm fully with you there, Luke. I just thought it was like it wasn't good, mm, but no. it was an admirably not good movie. It was one of those ones where it was like, I'd well, watch- heck, if you want to have someone, yeah, in like- a few years' time, someone was to be over at my house for a sleepover, and that would they would say to me, "Why are we 36 and having a sleepover?" Yeah. I would then be like. So we can watch The Happening because okay. you've never seen it. I would watch The Happening again. If someone said, yeah, do you want to watch The Happening? Yeah, I'd be uh, like, yeah. In a, in a couple of years. I've already just watched it recently, but in a couple of years, sure. It, yeah. It, it was it was like, you know, you make a movie and you maybe you're doing a, let's say you're on a bike and you're about to do a backflip. Mm. You're like, I, I can do one backflip safely. Mm. And land it, and it'll be fine. Or I can go for uh, uh, three backflips and make and break a world record and do an amazing stunt. And he went for three backflips and just landed on his head and broke his neck. <laughs> but but you got to admire the attempt, you know? Yeah, you're like it's ad- it was an admirable yeah. shot. Yeah. 
Um, absolutely. It, it, it's so batshit, that film. But no, this is the last movie he made, unless he did the Will Smith space movie next. I think, I think it was the Will Smith space movie, then this one. You know that one where his son... They land on a planet, and it's and actually Will Smith, Jaden Smith. Like, it's Jaden Smith's oh, movie, yeah. and Will Smith's like, "You have well. to go off onto the planet." Yeah, um, I think it was one. It was either this one or that one. They happened at a similar time, and those were the last movies where other people gave him the money to make the movie. After right. Earth was in two thousand and thirteen, and this was two thousand and eight. He did do Devil. That was a really f- shit film. So what oh, was happened? Was that when they were stuck in the lift? Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be okay. No, so no I think. He, I, think I he, didn't like it. Well, I think what happened is he did this movie and then they were like, we're not going to let you make M. Night Shyamalan movies anymore. Like you've, you've, after Lady in the Water and this, and then The Village also didn't do well, they were like, we're not letting you make these movies anymore. So then for a bit he did the movies Hollywood wanted him to make, yep. which was the space movie with Will Smith. Then he didn't want to make them anymore. Mm. Now he self-funds everything he does. The The last few movies he put a mortgage on his house and, and just does them for really cheap. Really? And, really. Because yeah. split, split was good. Um, yeah. And well, then he self-funded the, that. And then the next one wasn't good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the uh, visit was good. The visit was really good. That's about those two kids who go to their grandparents but they turn out to not be their grandparents. Oh, yeah, I heard that was good. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler warning, one. sorry. That, I didn't see that No, one. it's really good. Fuck, I've spoiled it for you. That's all right. I'm pretty sure that's evident in the trailer. It's this, no, there's this really good scene. I oh, don't, stop spoiling it. Stop okay. spoiling it. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, it. I'm sorry. Are you a horror movie fan, Luke? Yeah, yeah, I love horror films. Oh, fuck yeah. That's there's, great. I don't have enough people in. Both of our partners don't like horror movies, and um, and we often talk about that because it's always it's hard. It's you... hard to find. Pe- I have very few people in my life that like horror films, and Zach is essentially the only one really. And like it's it's hard to to organise a movie date with Zach. Mm. Um, like that's not that wasn't a pointed statement. No, or no, no. I'm, I'm I'm hard to I'm I'm flighty. And I so I it's just it's hard to find. Like, do you have you found it? Have you found it a lonely hobby? <laughs> yeah, I've got two. I've got three mates in Tassie who are all from my childhood who all love horror. So whenever I'm in Tasmania, we organise one day where we get pizza from this place up the road. Oh no! And, oh, and then watch lovely. a horror film in my parents. Um, uh, downstairs. Um, I love that. Mood. That is the most delightful thing I've And, and the, the last one we saw was um, Hereditary. Oh, oh I haven't seen movie. Hereditary yet. Because I loved um, Midsummer. Oh, mate, you need to watch it. You would yeah. love Hereditary. Yeah, I reckon I would. I loved Midsummer. Oh, Luke, I I'm as a... You oh, Luke, you would love Midsummer. <laughs> okay. That whole thing was me trying to turn the tables. Mids- I was like, Midsummer's- hopefully someone's not seen Midsummer and then I can be the one doing Midsummer that. Midsummer is the best movie I've seen in the last five years. Oh, wow. I would okay. say. Is it yeah, okay? okay yeah. Will I be okay watching it by myself? Is it going to? It's full on. Nightmares? It's full it's on. Real full on. Right. It's... Luke, I want, I want to let you know that you have officially been added to my list of people, which is now two, um, of people I will share... Good scary movies with yeah, throw my way. I, have you awesome. ever have you ever done an episode of Rosehaven where your character watches horror movies with friends? We did an episode where we put horror into it. Yes, so right. We did a, one where there was a blackout, and we had a couple of little oh yeah 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 had horror a couple vibe. little jump scares, um, but they were sort of tongue in cheek, like 
a garage door would sound a bit too loud when it opened or something. And then we yeah, did another yeah. one where in episode, in season three, I think, where we I, I was convinced that the guy was trying to murder us. Um, <laughs> and so everything he did, we made it sort of, from Daniel's point of view, look scary. Um, yeah. To the point where I ran out of the house yelling Mm. And then it turns out I was completely wrong. But we so we've played in the area, but we've never gone all the way. But when Rosehaven, I couldn't imagine it. Like I don't think Rosehaven is a universe where you can go all no. that horror. Well, when we first pitched it, it was um, going to be we did inspections on haunted houses. Oh wow! Um, but then we ended up dropping that um, just because we didn't know where to go with it. Um, yeah, felt like more yeah. of a sketch than it did a do you, a show. Yeah, you know what would be? It's f- a great pitch. Do you know what would honestly be fucking sick? If we got a whole bunch of, like, amazing comedians together and made a legit horror film, I want to do that. Yeah, oh, I've wanted to make a horror movie for a long time, yeah. yeah. Do you want to yeah. ditch this shit project that we started regretting around well, episode this, 12? Well, this is free. Horror <laughs> movies cost, like, at least a million dollars. If M. Night Shyamalan can make The Happening... I can make. Yeah, that costs him seventy million dollars. You got to make a six cents to get money to make that happen. I can make uh, a six yeah. cents. <laughs> like I said, I've got plenty of time. I'm only currently working part time in retail. I, I love your I enthusiasm. I'm, I love your enthusiasm. I want to make a horror movie. It is. To consi- I'm up for it. Yes, let's do it. Right. Luke, I also, in. I, yeah, I also love the idea that someone has a really shit idea for a film, so decides. All right, I'll just make an Oscar-winning film first. <laughs> Just so they give me money to do whatever I want. <laughs> so well, they this, just shit it. They shit movie, out the Oscar film and then they... Yeah. This movie, like, was one of those ones where it was so kind of odd. I was like, is The Sixth Sense good? Do I have to go back and watch The Sixth Sense? Because is The Sixth Sense... I think that The Sixth Sense was so good because there was this, and correct me if I'm wrong, major lapse in, th- like psychological thrillers that kind of hit like this mm. movie did. And the twist in The Sixth Sense, like we all know the ending now, spoiler warning, like Bruce Willis sees dead people. What? Oh, don't do that. Bruce Willis doesn't see dead people. Stop it. Stop that no, right now. No, that's not the twist. Don't, yes, it is. No, Bruce Willis oh, no, is sorry. <laughs> Haley Joel <laughs> Osment sees dead people. No, that's well, the... Bru- that's the no. Bruce Willis would as well, I guess, because he is dead. So. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah... <laughs> Sorry, that was the Bruce Willis is dead. Oh, wait, yeah. The twist. Hold on. It's all coming back to me yeah, now. Yeah. The twist is Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bruce Willis cannot see dead people. Yeah. He can see living Hayley, people, but Hayley, he is dead. And Hayley yeah. Joel Osment is, can see dead people, but that's not the twist. But my question is, were we all so enamoured with the twist that there are equally weird scenes of people talking to pot plants or is that movie good and somehow he lost his way? No, it is good. It is? It is. I watched it. I'm definitely going to go back and watch it now. I've seen The Happening. Um, Like for me, The Happening, it's like I have to reassess. Watch it if only for Tony Collette, who's incredible. Love Tony Collette. And did you like The Village? I didn't mind it. I thought it got a bad rap. Luke, did you like The Village? I've never seen The Village. It's not Ooh, worth watching. Yeah. It gets a bad rap, but it's not that good. I thought <laughs> You're the giving a bad rap right now. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying it, it, it was better than everyone said it was. Yeah. I'm not telling you to go watch it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. No, because that was, his, that was his big piece de resistance after The Sixth Sense, and it just never it didn't hit like The Sixth well, Sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think M. Light Shyamalan's probably just really annoyed because he probably thought, like, if The Village came out before The Sixth Sense, I'm sure it probably would have been like, oh, that's great. But because now everything is being compared to The Sixth Sense, which was this, like, mm. giant success, 
Mm. Everything is shit. Now, the happening, if the happening had come out before the success, it would still, of the sixth sense, it would still be a piece of shit. It was an odd movie. What an odd movie that was. It was very odd. It was, it also, like, it wasn't that, Interesting. I thought this should be more interesting than it is, but I don't care about any of this. It was, mm. it was a strange, like so much stuff was happening, but I really didn't care. Mm. Yeah, and, and and maybe maybe it was because I, I it wasn't. Exp- Sometimes I do wonder with writing, you know, you need to keep an air of mystery to let the people fill the gaps. Mm. But do you also, you know? Like Harry Potter's maybe, you know, with Hogwarts and things, it had a feeling that there was a larger world out there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one felt like the, the, the writers just really had no idea how to explain there was, anything. There was No, no, there was two things I think I really felt watching this film. One was that they explained too much. They were like, oh, it's a neurotoxin that turns off these receptors and thus you are suicidal. It's like you cannot have a scene... A movie with a scene where a man goes into a lion's den and allows the lion to eat each of its arms. Yeah. Like, you can't have that scene and then attempt to explain it in any real world way. Oh, like, yeah. And the, and the plants are like, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. it's such now, a ludicrous be... idea. You have to just embrace how ludicrous it is. That yeah. would be a fucking sick movie if it was from the plant's perspective. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sequel. And then the second thing I think I was thinking was like, the, 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 like they explain it way too much, and then there's just this general vibe. I can't remember what the second point I was going to make. Was. Oh fuck! It's just not. I think you're right. The explanation was not satisfying enough. Yeah. yeah. So they probably would have been better off with no explanation. One hundred percent. I my big issue. Often my big issues lie in the smaller details. Mm. But um, I had a real big issue with the crazy woman that they went and spent a night with about two-thirds of the way through the film. Mm. Um, why was she there? Like, mm. like, And she she's kept saying all this stuff that seemed like it was supposed to be incredibly poignant, but it wasn't at all. Like, she's, like the little girl reaches for a cookie and she smacks the child and says, you shouldn't take what isn't yours. Mm. Now... What's that in reference to? Well, I just did a podcast with Josh Earl. I just did Josh Earl's podcast and I told him that we'd just watched this film and he said, oh, I haven't seen it, but I recently read an interview with M. Night Shyamalan where he said, um, I started as it as one movie and then it becomes another movie. And, and he was like, what is that in reference to? And I was like, I think when they go to this lady's house and then it becomes... But that's like two scenes. And also there's about 14 times where this movie shifts tones yeah. so dramatically. It's oh, like, I'm yeah. not entirely sure what he's referring to and, there. But my big, big issue is at the end, Zoe Deschanel and small child end up in one, in like a small house on the property. Mm. And he is in the other house mm. on the property. And for some reason there is a thin plastic pipe mm. <laughs> that runs from the wall of she one... She talks about it in an earlier scene. Why was it there? Because um, of the olden times. Remember that bit where she's like, well... This wasn't I an should... old pipe. It was a plastic pipe. No, it was a metal pipe. Remember where she's like, um, I should show you the house out the back. There's a pipe that connects the two houses. You can talk through the pipe like you're in the same room. 
Oh, I missed that. I was that's right. that, 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 yeah. that was that was the one plot hole they did manage to cover up. <laughs> oh, okay, that was, cool. That was, that was, well, this movie's covered. redeemed. Five out of five. See you later. I'm so sorry. To, I just it was one of those ones where like I, it was uh, the only reason I noted it was because I was like, well, there's gonna be a pipe later. In the, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, it's a lot of exposition for. I, I, yeah, I was kind of hoping they never referenced the pipe again. They're, they're like, hey, thank you so much for protecting us from the gas. And she's like, I don't want to hear about the gas. Let me tell you about this pipe. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I must have been taking a wee or something like that yeah. at that point. I don't hold it against um, you. I just felt it was important. Thank you. That is so, like, honestly, that was the part that I was just like, this pipe is ridiculous. But now I know that it was explained at a certain point. Uh, this movie is redeemed completely. <laughs> yeah, you can you can you can rip into the happening, but but don't rip into the pipe. That was that was covered. That was that was um, that was that was, that was well laid. Um, we should we should go for uh, the Leguistamos now. Hundred percent, Luke. Um, every film we watch, we give it a rating out of five Leguistamos. These aren't stars. It's not a rating out of like um, five stars like normal. It's how Leguizamo we we felt the film was. How how much the spirit of Leguizamo infiltrated the whole film. So, for example, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, he does die in the first third of this film. Mm-hmm. I would argue that's very Leguizamo. Yeah, very good point. Be- like you know, he wasn't in it the whole way, and fuck, I wish he was. But very Leguizamo. Um, he is Dad Guizamo. Mm. Like the era of Dad Guizamo, and is actually a dad with a small child, so that gets some Leguistamos from me. I would say that the happening is four Leguistamos. Absolutely. Now, the movie itself, in no way, is four out of five. But in terms of Leguizamoiness, it's Dad Guizamo playing a Dad Guizamo in a movie in which he dies in the first third, which I expect from a Leguizamo mm-hmm. film. Four out of five Leguistamos. So um, I have to say, like, also I think sometimes a Leguistamo is the light that it shines on Leguizamo, how good it is for Leguizamo. Like, we often talk about what has Leguizamo done for the film, mm. but also what has the film done for Leguizamo. As I was watching it with my partner, she said, Le- John Leguizamo seems so nice. She was like, Aww. he seems like a nice guy. And I was like, I think you're saying that because he's being nice to his daughter in this scene. Mm. Because it's Dad Guizamo, he's being nice to his daughter. And you're of an age where you look at that image and you go, 10 out of 10, I like John Leguizamo. So for that, I think it's, it's done John Leguizamo a service. Also, his death uh, feels earned. Mm-hmm. He has some great scenes. I actually really liked the bit where he tries to distract the girl with maths and he talks about how much money you'd make because that also, I think, I don't know, I liked it. And lastly, there's a bit in it where Zoe Deschanel is on the phone and she goes, it wasn't an affair. We just had tiramisu, tiramisu. You know that bit where she's like, we had oh, yeah. tiramisu. Um, and that line was uh, the strangest line I've ever seen in a horror film Um, and the execution or the delivery of that line was the strangest delivery I've ever seen of any line. Now, it had nothing to do with John Leguizamo, but Zoe Deschanel talking to a man, like, about having tiramisu um, (laughs) while the world was crumbling for me will stay with me forever and that... That, like, is worth a Leguizamo because he, cause I don't know why. So I'm giving this four and a half Leguizamos. I, I, okay. I liked Zoe Deschanel's character saying, I don't like airing our grievances in public and then proceeded to have an argument with him in a public train session right next to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> I 
There's also a bit, there's another bit in the movie. I just want to say there's like some of the choicest weird food lines in this film. And I do have to move on to get your review, like your Leguistamos. But just on the tiramisu bit, there's also a bit where they like get a lift with the man and he's like, you guys like hot dogs? That's right. They just kept talking about hot dogs and, they were, and then they were never mentioned again. There's no reason, no reference. This is this man that loves hot dogs, talks about hot dogs for like five minutes and they're like, he's like, you want some hot dogs? And then he like goes through like a coffee order. He's like, hey, before we escape from civilization from this plant mold, um, I just want to check who wants hot dogs. And then he's like, Mark Wahlberg, do you want hot dogs? He's like, yeah, I'll have some hot dogs. And then he's like, now you, uh, Zoe Deschanel, do you want hot dogs? She's like, sure, I'll have some hot dogs. And then the wife comes. There was already a lot of exhibition to get through around his plant (laughs) farm and things. And I don't know why they shoved in hot dogs as well. (laughs) It must have been some odd product placement or something. (laughs) Just for hot dogs generally. You guys want a a Schweppes? You guys like Schweppes? (laughs) So the wife comes back, she's like, I got the hot dogs. He's like, did you get the mustard? <laughs> so oh, so oh this movie with its lines about food. Oh, what, my goodness. What's your Leguistamo rating, Luke? I, I thought the film should have, it would have been better and more interesting if it had re- revolved around Leguistamo, him and his daughter trying to survive in this world and then him trying to go into a polluted area maybe wearing gas masks or something to try mm. and find his wife. Mm. Um, I thought that Every would have made Every choice was wrong. Yeah, saying. like <laughs> instead he went into an area where he knew, like how the hell was he going to, like he went in with a, to a car, but how, once they got to the area where his wife was, how the hell are they going to open the windows and get out? So I, I think it should have revolved around Leguistama. So I'm going to give it one Leguistama. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I feel you. Because Luke, I, I, was... I think his 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 story was more interesting than Mark Wahlberg's. For what it's worth, if I didn't give it four, I would have given it one. <laughs> yeah, we're, like we're, we're, we're cold to it now. But, mm. um, no, I, I feel you. They, they should have gone with Leguizamo, not killed Leguizamo. And for that, I give you... The best le- the award for best Leguizamo score of the night. Congratulations, Luke. That means um, a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing Leguizamo Rama. Means oh, the world to us. You are. I hate the word. I'm telling you Sense, I guess. Go back and watch the Sixth Sense. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think of the Sixth Sense. Um, check out, I think, uh, season 47 of uh, your show is coming to ABC now. Yes, yes, uh, in August. Fantastic. Um, and uh, let's like let us know. Message like let us know um, if if you've seen the Sixth Sense recently and if it is any good. But Luke, thank you. Hashtag so much the for- Sixth Sense 2021. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Um, but, Luke, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Much appreciate it. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.